Hello and welcome to episode 185 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have reviews of Strange Adventures 8 and Rorschach 5 by DC Comics. The creative team on Strange Adventures is Tom King, writer, Mitch Jarrett's and Evan Doc Shaner on art with letters by Clayton Klaus. Your creative team on Rorschach is Tom King, writer, Jorge Fornes on art, Dave Stewart on colors, and Clayton Klaus once again on letters. This is your spoiler alert for Strange Adventures 1 through 8, Rorschach 1 through 5, HBO's 2019 Watchmen series, and the Watchmen series from 1986. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. So Noah, these are two books that we've been following for, for quite some time and enjoying for quite some time. Um, Strange Adventures is a little bit further along in the, the 12 issues than, than Rorschach. Um, and I know that um, from our, our talking that you're, you're really excited about uh, this issue of Strange Adventures and, and how it's going so far. So why don't you lead us off with a little bit of your initial thoughts on Strange Adventures 8, and then we'll do the deep dive. Well, as I was saying before we hit record that this series has really become sort of my like comfort series over the last, you know, year. Uh, it started off at first, maybe too slow for my taste, but now kind of the, the, the slowness and how this story is really taking its time to develop and reveal the sort the, the what's going on with the plot is actually sort of become something that's comforting and consistent so I like the pace that the book has had. So at first it was too slow for me, but now it's like nice for it to slow down and just sort of take its time to develop things. So we maybe get one reveal each issue and the 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 bigger picture becomes more clear over time, but it may not just be developing as fast as I would like it to be. But I really like that, that there just seems to be this, it's very rare to have like a comic, like a monthly comic to have, such a slow, like almost like uh, meandering pace, you know, and I, I actually find it sort of relaxing, you know, in a way that it just is, just takes time to slow down, focus on these characters, developing them, you know, making sure that we sort of get to know them. And uh, yeah, I really like that. I also like how this issue kind of, um, uh, I really like how Tom King is sort of taking the the time now to sort of introduce the reader to like other you know like other things in art like literature and and poetry and and all that because i found myself going on like a google rabbit hole of researching the the poems that uh, mr terrific's reciting and that was cool so i really enjoyed a lot of stuff about this issue but those are the two main things but uh, what about you what are your initial thoughts on this issue yeah, I can agree with you on on the pacing. Uh, it, it, it's 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 very uh, sort of the the same pace throughout all of these issues, which is which is fun. Um, and and this one is interesting because after this uh, nine, that'll be sort of the last third of this twelve issue arc. So we're sort of like. We are, even though we're we have a slow pacing, we, we're still we're still building, and it's still sort of like uh, the the excitement of the of the build, and you sort of know that you're getting close to the end. It's almost like uh, you know being on a roller coaster, and you know that like that last second where it sort of 
hangs for a second before you you rush away like we're just sort of all like tick 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 and you know probably we get to like 10 or 11 we're going to just sort of go over the cliff and it's just going to be really fast and really fun and I thought what was also pretty interesting about this is this is I feel like this is the issue that sort of opened us up more to the DC universe than than than, than the other issues yeah definitely especially with the uh, I remember a couple of years ago listening to an interview with Mitch Jarrods about how he really wanted to do Flash in mm-hmm. comics. And it's cool to see now him doing like really cool Flash art in this book. Yeah, so let's uh, let's let's start let's start in on the book. Let's look at uh, how it starts. Um, you know, as we stated, uh, this book starts us off with a, a little bit of the more of the the DCU. Uh, you know, we have, uh, we have Wonder Woman, we have Batman, um, interspliced with some, uh, uh, some of the, uh, the backstory of, of Adam Strange. what did you think about how this, this comic started off? I really like it. And it's sort of funny to say that it's starts like I, I was calling the place, the pace slow, but it, it's cool to have all this action at the beginning with Superman and Dr. Fate and uh, Green Lantern and Green Arrow and of course, yeah, Batman. Um, I'm happy that Batman's kind of stuck around in this story. It's cool to see Tom King. I've not read um, like Heroes in Crisis or anything, but it's just cool to see him write Batman interacting, like not the like sort of Gotham City Batman, but sort of the Justice League Batman, which is more involved in, you know, the, the cosmic aspect of the DC universe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I like, I like to see this like consistency that like, how Tom King wrote him in his, in his like solo series works just as well when he's like paired with cosmic elements, because I find that to be sort of like, at least in my experience with Batman, that there is sort of like two Batmans. There's the like dark detective Batman in Gotham. And then there's the superhero Batman that you get with justice league books. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of cool to see this consistency between the two of how Tom King writes them. Um, and how like it doesn't it doesn't like it's not like this Batman doesn't fit in here so either he just wrote a good story where this Batman fits but it's yeah I really like that yeah I can see what you're saying about the 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 character of Batman here because you know he's not you know using grappling hooks to sort of jump off of, of buildings and you know take on street level crime you know he's he's in a Batwing you know either at the top of the atmosphere or in outer space sort of doing, you know, really superhero things on the, you know, he's aided by his tech, but he's, you know, he's right there alongside of the flash Superman, wonder woman, you know, accomplishing these things. Yeah. And he's also putting his detective skills through it to use throughout this issue as well. So there is this cool marriage of the superhero and the detective in this Mm -hmm. issue you know, starting him off in the bat wing and then ending him in an interrogation room with Mr. Terrific. That was really cool to see. Yeah. And again, uh, you know, we talk about page design and, and stuff like that a lot on this podcast, but, you know, we are pretty consistent uh, with the the three panels, uh, wide panels. Uh, sometimes they're broken into smaller panels across, but uh, we do do a lot of the, uh, the, the back and forth storytelling um, I thought one thing that was interesting is after we do the uh, the the first page with the credits, uh, you know, we sort of have 
uh, a back and forth between the, the stories. But if you look at them page to page, uh, they line up where the two center panels are sort of the, uh, the backstory. Yeah, I really liked that. I was actually just noticing that now on my second read. I mean, just looking through it now, rather, that that's sort of uh, interesting how they've been playing with those patterns because like early on, you would have this sort of nice transition mm-hmm. into the past and the present, but here they're being a little more sharp with their cuts and a little more, uh, I guess, like staccato with it, like, you know, just instantly cutting back just for a short moment and then back to the other timeline. And of course we do get this nice transition into a flashback, but then, I mean, we'll get into it as you sort of go over the plot, but like, you know, when we get to the double page spread, that's another harsh cut back to another timeline. Yeah, I, I it, it's interesting that we, we sort of do that back and forth because you're right, a lot of times in, in the previous issues, it's been, uh, you know, three or four panels of, of Shaner art, three or four panels of, of Jarrett's art, and then then a switch. But here, this is the the sort of the back end of the fourth. And it's pretty interesting if you think about it, um, it's kind of what Tom King is doing in that uh, Catwoman, Bat- Batman Catwoman series where we're, we're shifting timelines a lot um, and we're not getting the, the, the narration box of now, then, uh, you know, before, you know, we're sort of figuring it out, you know, either the characters that we see are a little bit of the shift in the, in the art style yeah, I, I think this book does it better, I think, just because of the two artists working mm-hmm. on it. Um, but like, again, like kind of like what we talked about with the bat and cat stuff, I don't think that there's like, I don't think that like the confusion is done, uh, like between the timelines, I mean, like the confusion isn't done by accident, like it's not a mistake, like I think it is there for a reason and it will make eventually make sense. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just me putting too much faith in Tom King and Clay Man, but I really think that 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 book is designed differently with its timelines to generally confuse you. Mm -hmm. And I think that this book sort of gives you this like false sense of security with having the clear timelines because it's all such like subjective storytelling where we don't know what's true. Like there's an unreliable narrator here that we're very like, it's sort of very sure about. And there was this like false sense of security thinking that we knew like from the beginning, what to believe in both timelines, but now everything's just being pulled away in mm-hmm. these last issues. So the the switch back and forth and sort of the clear timelines are sort of now becoming a little more unclear in a way, you know, like there's this underlying suspicion that's just so, hand, that's handled so well in this book. Um, I've really liked that across eight issues now that like it's sort of slowly crept in where these, the switching back and forth now is a completely different effect than it was at the beginning. So that's, that's pretty brilliant. Um, when you think about it. Yeah. So, you know, we, we stated as the book started, we sort of taking on this sort of, uh, interplanetary threat. Um, we do have a little bit of, uh, we're going back with, with strange and Alana as they're sort of, um, in that, that past timeline, but you had mentioned that uh, sort of one of the big things we get here is, is the, uh, the double page splash uh, after that with, with the flash um, where, he's, where he's running around. Uh, what did you think about that? Because I don't think we've gotten a lot of double page splashes in this book uh, so far. 
we get double page, but like, yeah, that's the thing. We we've gotten double page double page splashes like this, where it's like landscapes, mm-hmm. which is sort of cool because this this has a lot of visual callbacks to previous issues in these first couple pages. So I can't remember what issue it was, but it was a couple issues ago where we had these um, like there were multiple double page splashes in one issue of Doctor Strange looking out over a battlefield, and it was Doc Shaner artwork Correct. on Ran. And this is sort of mirroring that with Jared's more gritty, like, you know, uh, like for lack of a better term, grimy artwork now on earth when the, when the uh, Picts are invading and have like murdered, like, you know, have like genocided uh, Albuquerque basically. And um, this, that's what this reminds me of, but also there's another callback with the flash because remember a couple issues earlier, there was uh Doctor Strange was flying and you just saw his trail, like his um, jet stream as you were flying by. And they handled that with the flash a little bit here too. So that's cool to see this like, uh, like visual cohesion, I guess, across all issues and these sort of motifs. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it makes me interested to see how they're going to play with that in future issues as well. Are these sort of repeated visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I liked about this splash page was, Again, sticking with like, what are these double page splashes normally? It's normally the battlefields and that's cool to see. Um, yeah, that's true. And I was thinking while you were saying that, I think some of the the other splashes we got were sort of uh, Alana, uh, like in Washington, D.C., sort of like the, uh, uh, what like what D.C. should be the sort of shining city on, on the hill where like things are really clean. I think we got a lot of those. So those were also sort of like, uh the 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 main feature was like the the landscape with uh with a character sort of in the foreground looking at it so you know we had alana looking at sort of the reflecting pole and the monument and here we sort of have uh the flash looking at the 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 devastation of uh i think it's phoenix uh oh phoenix starting out yeah, yeah yeah no 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 worries uh so i think that's interesting if we think about going back it's a lot of the the splashes where we take a moment to uh you know have this large scale art it's it's a character that we've been following sort of looking at something and sometimes it's sort of uh you know a beautiful scene and sometimes it's you know chaos and and hectic uh you know just destruction i think each time it sort of shows the battlefield and the stakes even with when she's looking out over dc because that issue was all about like this senate investigation into adam's past mm-hmm. and about the invasion and everything uh so that's sort of like a, like again it has that like that's such a cool example that you brought up because even that made me think i'm like yeah that's still like a battlefield for them where like yeah, they're trying like the, to prove that they need to fight it's you know? political it's you know political maneuvering as opposed yeah. to like maneuvering tr- troops around on on a battlefield so yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah um so from there we we go back um so this is where alana and stranger sort of having an an argument um he uh i think do i have this right earlier he just sort of returned back after being away for a while and then this is the time where he gets to sort of sit down with his family is that right this is this is right after because the last issue was when he was being tortured by the guy Mm -hmm. teleported around all the time so Mm -hmm. he's like suffering from some like ptsd right here and some disconnect between him and his family and uh 
Alana is like questioning him about that. And he in turn is getting defensive and angry about it as well. Yeah. Um, so after that, we, uh, we go back to sort of the, 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 the battle timeline. Um, uh, and this is, this is Mr. Terrific, right? He's, uh, what he's trying to, to get to, to a, to a ship. Is, is, do, am I seeing that correctly? Yeah, that's correct. So, and is this where he's, uh, or is this one of the, um, the, the poems that you had to look up? Yeah, I did. I looked up um, the first poem about Phyllis Wheatley. It was really cool looking into her backstory. I really recommend anyone to research it because it's, uh, it's really sad, I guess, is a sort of a good way, but in a, like a good sort of realistic gut check kind of way um, about this woman who was a, who was a slave, basically. Not, not basically, she was a slave. Mm-hmm. And her, own, her, her owners paid for her to go to college, basically. And then uh, she wrote these poems and then married a freed slave and then like died poor and destitute all while still writing these beautiful poems it's that's a just a that's condensed it's really great to read through her stuff because there's this woman who's just like basically being shit on mm-hmm. her whole life and then makes the most positive optimistic poetry you'll ever read it's incredible um so that cool. was cool. I had a really good time looking through that, but I think it's, it's, uh, it's just sort of, uh, it shows maybe also Mr. Terrific trying to tie himself to his like heritage. And I think that's been something that's been consistent with his, the trivia that he's been giving this whole time is this sort of like, uh, this like longer African heritage that he has. And that's, um, that's pretty great. And it sort of, uh, it adds to his, like what's important to his character. Um, so it gives him like, uh, I don't know. It just fills him out and makes him more three-dimensional. Nice. Thanks. Uh, thanks for that, uh, filling that, uh, story element in, uh, so as we said, uh, strange was, tr- uh, not strange, terrific was trying to get to, to the ship. He gets in, um, and he has, he has a battle with, with one of the picks that's on the, on the ship. Um, this is again the the three page the, the three panels so the pacing uh, works really well with a fight because it's sort of like strike 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 strike. Um, he gets the uh, he gets the pick uh, sort of actually no I take that back. Then we go to to a nine page uh, panel um, where I guess is the pick trying to uh, sort of commit suicide so that he can't. Uh, get to him is that is that what's going on there yeah because there's like a uh there's uh three separate chambers for the heart and one of them is in the head Mm -hmm. for a picked and uh yeah that's a cool page of the nine panel grid uh and then at that time he uh mr Triffick starts speaking in their language which we learned earlier in the series was uh difficult to do Mm -hmm. and that was cool and, but I really am excited about like the the next panel after the nine panel uh, grid. I, I like that uh, framing of Batman's cape, um, and also showing that he can match wits because they they're quoting Tolstoy, and Batman guesses it like Mister Terrific has been guessing it. So it's just cool to see like oh Batman and Mister Terrific are like 
not as like maybe as smart, but almost like can match wits. Mm-hmm. Um, that was cool to see. Yeah, I like that. And, uh, you know, it, it's cool to sort of, we don't see Batman, but then in the middle we get, we get a full page uh, panel and we see that uh, terrific and bats are going to have to, to work together here. Um, but then we, we switch back to the, uh, to the backstory of uh, Strange and, and his child trying to sort of uh, connect. What did you think about uh, sort of switching back to, to this storyline? I think it's a little meta for Tom King because if you follow him on social media, you know, he's always like hanging out with his daughter while she's playing mm-hmm. and like, you know, has all the, her action figures laid out. Like that's just something that's big with him on Twitter and Instagram is talking about that. So I think that this is a very, this feels very personal and it feels very real mm-hmm. right here with Tom, with, uh, with, with Adam talking to his daughter and her playing with the rocks and, you know, giving them each characters and stories and putting her dad into the game as well. Uh, it was really moving and it was really touching um, because I can tell that, that a lot of, a lot of Tom King is like, we've talked about from the beginning is put into Adam from the mm-hmm. start that there is this sort of, I mean, obviously whenever you read something, a writer puts himself into the main character and he puts his fears and his, you know, his, uh, his love, into the character and it's always a reflection but i think this book especially and we kind of picked up on that from the beginning is a very sort of autobiographical book for tom king it seems to really capture a lot of the sort of like the external forces that are kind of against him or at least have been against him in his comics career Mm -hmm. and then of course ending each issue with a quote about comics from comics creators is I, i think it just sort of adds to the the i guess the meta textuality of it all you know um yeah that's what i thought about this exchange but but what do you think no i i liked it and you know it's 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 a quiet moment after the the action moment which is sort of like we, we see that a lot where it's uh just sort of and we talk about pacing so this way we were able to sort of slow down have sort of a character moment after all of that um and it, it no, it, it it was I I enjoyed it as well. Um, and you're right about sort of the uh, the aspects of the, the creative team that we've uh, we we we've seen in here. Um, so from here, um, we we cut to terrific and Batman. Right, they are um, they are in um do i have that right yeah they're in sort of uh a cell where they have the 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 pick that they uh they took out of the ship so this is you know two of our really smart detective guys uh in an interrogation scene what what did you think about that i liked it and i also like how it's juxtaposed with the other timeline of adam dealing with a picked prisoner as well Uh, Mm -hmm. i thought that was cool and um, it plays into sort of how this issue ends again, juxtaposing Adam's approach to this war versus everyone else's approach. Uh, again, uh, Mr. Terrific and Batman are doing a good job of playing bad cop and bad cop with this guy, right? You know, it's, it's, it's pretty good, but it never gets to the savagery that Adam shows towards his picked prisoner where he just, they, they bring him in to, to try to see if Adam can get, something out of this pick, but he basically just shoots, executes him on site. 
and that just shows where he's at, you know, emotionally. Yeah, uh, that uh, yeah, that I, I do enjoy that part of it, and it's it's interesting to to see, um, and I think sort of what we see in that uh, the the way that Strange handles that interrogation scene, and then what we see with. Uh, what Batman and Terrific are learning from from the pick that they have is uh, really sort of, again, pointing to what you said about us having sort of an un, uh, unreliable narrator or sort of a point of view character for a lot of this and, and strange. So uh, what did you think about how they sort of continue to make us think about like what's real and what people have been telling us and and who can we trust? We still you know, eight issues into this, we still almost have all the same questions that we had uh, in issue one. So, so how do you think about how, how this, how that was? And then after that, we sort of have uh, two pages of, you know, strange back in the other timeline, but let's, let's talk about uh, what we learned in the interrogations here. Yeah. I really liked that both the past timeline and the present timeline reinforced this question. Well, reinforced more the thought that Adam strange is guilty of the genocide that he's been accused of. Mm -hmm. So seeing his savagery in the past timeline and then hearing the pick basically saying, we don't usually do this. We're only doing this to get back at Adam strange because this is what he did to our people. And, uh, I really liked that. And I, and I really liked that, uh, that when you when we get into these last couple pages in the Shaner timeline, it's kind of well, it's sort of like this creepy uneasiness in that mm-hmm. splash page. You know, it's it's a sweet image of him and his daughter, but we are kind of we now know that maybe his daughter isn't dead, or that there's something more to how she died, and right now we're getting this uneasy vibe that Adam may have had more of a hand deliberate hand in her death than we know um which is very eerie it's Mm -hmm. a very it's probably the creepiest ending to the books and not just because of the last panel but just because of that uneasiness that we've gotten from these two interrogation scenes yeah i yeah you you sum that up really well because it's it's like you know we're as sort of the uh the reader you know we're, we're privy to to more information than than the characters have here you know uh, you know, Strange is obviously here. He knows what he he's done, but the the child and his and his wife Alana don't don't know. So we're sort of watching this sort of you know heartfelt you know family sort of getting together. But we know everything, which you're right makes it really difficult to to wa- or to to look at read. So that is um, taking us pretty close to the end. Um, and you mentioned uh, the, the, the shock of the last panel. Do you, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, it just sort of, it, it feels like an old, uh, it feels like, you know, like how in, um, there's this like one scene in Hurt Locker at towards the end where Jeremy Renner's like in the shower and his like full like military gear and like mm-hmm. he's washing like blood off of himself. That's sort of the feeling I get with this last panel of him sitting in this room full of dead bodies is this like Adam either like feeling incredible sense of guilt or an incredible sense of like uh, resolve to kill all the picks. 
like mm-hmm. we don't know what it is like is it guilt or is it just this like you know i don't know like it's just sort of this uh i don't know it's it's like it's a very loaded image and it's very uh i don't know it's a very war comic image i guess uh it feels like more it feels like something you'd seen like a garth ennis book about the vietnam war um but what, what do you think yeah, I, I like the way you, you, again, how you sum that up. And I think what's interesting here is, is uh, the way that he's positioned. He's, he's in the center. Um, the, the, the bodies are pointed at him to, again, take our mm. focus in on him. And you're right, sort of like that, that pose. We can't really make out, you know, too well the expression on his face. But is that pose like, I'm exhausted, I just did a terrible thing or it's that I'm exhausted. I've done a terrible thing and I'm ready, to, you know, I'm ready to, to, to keep going. Like we, we can't tell from there. So I think that that's a, that's a really good observation that you had there. You know, that's, you know, that's why I'm a genius <laughs> and that's why. Yeah. No, awesome. the, but I, I, I would love to, I just can't wait to this. I mean, it sort of sounds awful. Like I just get excited for each issue, but I also can't wait to have it in a trade to read mm-hmm. it all the way through and see, you know, the, uh, the, the running themes and the running, like sort of, uh, I guess, foreshadowing kind of like what Mr. Miracle was where it was cool to read it issue by issue. But then when you got it in a trade, it was even, it was about as cool because you got to read it like, you know, and see, what was foreshadowed from the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. I really love that. So I'm excited. Yeah. And uh, what would be really great is when it's collected, if we get some back material to see how the, how the team work together. Cause uh, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's gotta be, uh, it, it probably had to be an interesting balancing act to, to have, you know, two artists that are almost working like 50 50 on the book to sort of uh you know match things up sort of come together and stuff like that so maybe some some good making of or director's cut or something like that would be really great here yeah i need to get the director's cut of issue one i think there was one that came out earlier like last year right i I haven't got that yet yeah i think you're right Uh, if i i don't have it as well but if i i do see it it would be something as somebody who thinks way too much about uh making comics I, I would love to 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 see that also because of just how much we read and talk about tom king's books on here it'd be great if he just came on and told us all about it too that would be that would be pretty great that is that is very true maybe uh maybe alan moore can uh yeah. you know put in a good word for us alan yeah. you know alan you're moore. listening alan put it's, down those ritual spell books and get on yeah. the phone with tom king we have all the best uh not all the best we, we we have a lot of like creators you know we we know that jim lee's a listener yes alan moore mm-hmm. uh kevin foggy he's listening in to sort of get some more in you know ideas for the for the marvel cinematic U from us so you yeah know. he'll he'll definitely re-edit wandavision after all our theories are out there um <laughs> very true all right so uh speaking of alan moore and an alan moore uh property or an alan moore sort of related thing uh we have rorschach uh issue five here so uh you know, we're getting we're getting close to the midpoint. Uh, I think last issue sort of was one of those issues that sort of blew our minds with the uh, the sort of the concepts and the and the twists that were taken. I think this one uh, 
was definitely uh and not in a bad way but this was definitely sort of slowing slowing us down and sort of giving us a chance to sort of catch our breath after all of the uh you know the the other rorschach the the you know the the theory that uh you know the the squids were invading the mines this was a more sort of uh almost like a political intrigue uh, issue. But uh, what, did, what did you think about uh, Rorschach issue five? Yeah, you summed it up nicely, what I liked about this book. And I also like how it filled out the world more, mm-hmm. gave us more of a broader context of the political uh, atmosphere of the, the country, which sort of, I guess, uh, just confirmed a lot of what we thought from earlier issues, especially from the issue, first issue and the issue where, uh, where our, our, the main character uh, read the diary of the journal, rather, of, of Laura. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see, uh, obviously, there's a lot of, it was easy to guess because it, it reflects a lot of our own political atmosphere mm-hmm. in the United States the, of the past, you know, five or six years. So that was, uh, so it wasn't too big of a stretch to guess that, but it was also cool just to see the, uh, one of my favorite things about Watchmen is like the alternate timeline stuff. And there's a lot of that in here. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, it was just cool to see the world expanded in that way. Yeah. So again, with these issues, you sort of the, uh, the detective going through this is sort of our character as, or, or not our character, sort of our vehicle as the reader to sort of move along and, and, and follow the story. Um, but you're right. A lot of this is, is, is filling out the world. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he gets a meeting with, with Turley, right? Is, is mm-hmm. that, um, so what did you think about sort of, uh, you know, the, what we learned from, you know, the, the, the conversations that, that happened with Turley very on in, in this book? I like how they paint him to be paranoid, like a lot of the other characters in this book, that there's mm-hmm. just this deep paranoia and deep fear of things going on. And I kind of, uh, I I think that's going to be a running theme throughout this book is sort of trauma. Obviously like a big part of Watchmen is trauma. Mm -hmm. So then trauma feeding into paranoia, which was a big thing in the Watchmen series with on HBO as well, because a lot of the, well, the main villains with like the seventh cavalry were all sort of these paranoid uh, people who you know, are that way because of the system in place, but also because of a lot of their shared trauma as well and not being able to deal with it correctly. Uh, And, uh, but also, again, I I don't know if their paranoia specifically comes from the trauma, but also just from, again, just deep systemic racism. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I liked how this, Again, though, they're sort of playing with sort of like how maybe the trauma and the paranoia relate to each other. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's cool to see that. And it's cool uh, to see like this. uh, Yeah, this this president uh, sort of how he fits into the larger Watchmen universe. Yeah. So the detective sort of meets with uh, sort of a political operative uh, who sort of tells him that, uh, uh, you know, that the detective is going to be able to to meet with with Turley. Um, And when he goes, he encounters the uh, the uh, security agent 
that was in, in issue one, who is now sort of working uh, security for for uh, the the political official. Um, you know, you, you're right with the with the paranoia, or not para, the the paranoia is because you know he's thoroughly checked before he's able to to go in there for like listening devices. But they get to have a conversation uh, about what happened during the, during the shooting. Um, what did you think about how how all that was handled here? I really liked it because uh, I like sort of the the like vantage point idea of everything where they're they're putting you know that they're they're telling the story multiple times from different aspects of like mm-hmm. from different viewpoints and I, that's something that's been very consistent throughout this book is sort of changing the view of everything every issue so you know i, I loved that that issue in the apartment building where there were specific events discussed but all of them for, were from different points of view mm-hmm. and that's that's sort of this is continuing with that and it's obviously again it's great to sort of get almost halfway through the book and then to remind us of why are we doing this in the first place? So there's this great reminder, but also just another piece of the puzzle and a different perspective on things, uh, which is pretty great. Um, But also it's, there isn't like, you know, obviously just this guy doesn't seem to be um, telling us everything, the security guard, because Mm -hmm. he's so, they just sort of show him being uh, like, I guess, cold and calculated with just gunning down Rorschach and Laura. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's interesting that they're sort of drawing attention to that. Yeah, that, that is, that is. Uh, so from there, um, our detective gets to uh, go in and have his meeting um, with Turley, who is uh, multitasking when he uh, when he yeah. meets him, he's uh, he's reading the paper and he's he's going to the bathroom at the same time. Uh, you know, they sort of have this conversation that sort of gives us more of a an insight into how Turley sort of thinks and operates. Uh, but I think what it I think the the big thing here is after that when we turn the page and we see the uh, the smiley face. Uh, as the the watchman historian of the podcast uh were what were your thoughts when you when you turned the page and you saw that i i was like oh that's interesting and then of course it, it ex- they explain it later but one of the things that i was like wait a minute is this some kind of like misdirection like it's trying to distract us from something else going on and in, in the background and i I don't know if it's going to be important, but if you look at that painting on the splash page next to the big smiley face, uh, there's this like scene with like Kirby crackle in it. Okay. Uh, and I'm like, what is that over there? You know, like there's this sort of like fiery scene going on. And I'm wondering what that is more than I am like this, the, the smiley face. And they don't really ever give us a clear view of it afterwards maybe it's a vietnam scene or something like that uh but i thought that was interesting i was like okay maybe there's something else going on here you can kind of see a view of it during that first paranoid discussion on the first couple of pages um you can see the painting in the background a little bit um so i'm interested to be like i'm like okay we'll look at the look at the smiley face, but it's also cool to see maybe if it's something important or if it's not either way, it's cool to see some like other comic stuff referenced in the background. 
Yeah, you're right. I, I flipped a few pages, and the and the shadow still sort of falls uh, on it when when we when we see it again. Uh, but uh, from there, uh, Charlie sort of gives his flashback of his his Vietnam experience, um, you know, which was uh, very formative in the the career of the of the comedian. Uh, what do you think about the the you know connecting these two characters in in this time frame? I think it's great. And again, it sort of falls into the uh, sort of, again, uh, I've been using this word a lot, but sort of like the meta aspects of Watchmen. And that was sort of prevalent in the HBO series as well with like the, uh, I think like the the seventh cavalry almost representing the people who misread Watchmen and Mm -hmm. thought that Rorschach was the hero. And uh, this part right here where it's like people misread Watchmen and think that the comedian is cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know because he's like you know the badass with the guns and the armor and things uh i think that's sort of what this uh president sort of represents is sort of maybe the the uh like the guy who could maybe I- idolize someone who uh was sort of like considered to be like a government hero mm-hmm. which is also something that's not really explored in um well not explored but considered i guess when you think about watchman's world is that Edward Blake is is a controversial figure, but there's still this like 50-50 view of him where they're like, yeah, he's a rapist, but also he's like a national war hero, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's interesting, again, to sort of explore that side of Watchmen uh, that doesn't seem to be touched on as much in other media. Uh, yeah, I really like that. No, I agree. And, and if you think about sort of... Uh... I, I was thinking about it sort of as, as the timeline um, because, you know, if you figure, uh, you know, 2019, 2020, 2021, somebody that was a Vietnam vet at that time would probably be, you know, your, your 70 year old, 75 year old uh, politician. So I like that, you know, we're sort of, everything is, is fitting together really well. Yeah. I like that. Do you get the uh, the reference that uh, the comedian makes to Borgia, or um, where he says, uh, "Do you read Borgia?" And he says, "Like who the f is Borgia?" He, like he do Pontius Pirate. I read the s out of those. And he said, huh, "No soldier, no pictures in this one. Just saying, I know how many you shot. The definite number. Do you know what that's a reference to at all?" uh are you asking do you, do you know the answer or i don't oh, no. no that's why i like i tried googling it and i couldn't find anything so oh. was was myerson drawing the the pontius pilot uh comic yeah okay yeah, he was he was doing that so it's i think it's some like philosophy reference but i couldn't find anything about like the definite number okay or anything like that but i, I was one i was interested if you knew anything about that no, I, 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 I don't. Uh, I'll that's... be interested if someone does. Awesome. Uh, so you know, we get the we get the 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 scene um, as sort of he's recapping, um, but then it cuts back to sort of present timeline. You know, the the story, the the flashback story is over. Uh, they're 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 still sort of discussing things. Um, 
and, and we're getting towards the end of the issue here, um, but what did you think about how the detective and uh, Turley sort of finish up their, their conversation? I liked it. I like how, um, I like how the detective seems to be like approaching the heart of darkness more and more throughout this issue. And you kind of see that in his progression throughout this issue, you mm-hmm. know, um, and I guess, you know, he's approaching the heart of darkness throughout the series, but especially in this issue. And uh, I like that. And sort of, you see that in his, like his sort of like disconnect from what's going on right now. And maybe you see him possibly being possessed by Rorschach, you know, as he's going through this uh, with his sort of hatred of politics and politicians, um, especially this guy's politics and, you know, coming out. Uh, but it again, adds this sort of weird, um, it adds this weird, uh, dynamic again, because, um, Rorschach is like alt-right, mm-hmm. you know, and this president is like, oh, this presidential candidate is alt-right, you know, and, uh, and paranoid and giving into people's paranoia. But so why would Rorschach and Laura want to kill him? That's the interesting thing. That's the big question right here. And I think maybe. I think maybe that's also the question that uh, that the detective's trying to ask, and I think maybe that's why he gives the answer at the end um, about bringing up Redford. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he lies and he says no, even though he did bring up Redford a couple of times throughout the whole thing. It's just a lot of like, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I I like the again the, the way you summarize that, and I think uh, I think you know you you brought up the the sort of uh, the detective slipping you know into sort of the insanity of it all. Um, you know, we go back. You know, we sort of get back in the same situation uh, on the on the last. The, the next to last page where he's back in the bar with the sort of the political operative. Um, but I think the, the big thing is, is uh, the, the last page. Uh, why don't you, uh, it, you sort of alluded to this before, but uh, why don't you uh, expand upon what we see on this last page? You see Laura and Rorschach following the detective and laughing, and then they disappear on the end. And it's just the laughter. Mm-hmm. which may be a reference to the comedian being a presence in this book. And they're sort of being this, maybe this joke to everything, right. That everything, maybe the, the detective seeing everything as a joke, you know, the, all the politics, everything is just, you know, like how the comedian saw it was just, it was, everything is just a joke to him. And I think Rorschach kind of in, in the original Watchmen uh, sort of, like, you know, of all the viewpoints that he kind of sympathizes with of all the characters, he does almost sympathize most with the comedian um, in that book. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an interesting, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a callback to that. Maybe not. Again, everything is just so (laughs) enjoyably confusing. (laughs) And it, but I don't know. Like, I think the fact that we're just, asking questions mean that this means that this book is still doing a good job of keeping us intrigued um as to where it will go i think there's an inevitability about of this guy becoming rorschach though 
I think that's becoming more and more clear that this detective is going to eventually don the mask and finish the job that Laura and Meyerson set out to do. Yeah, I think what's interesting, if you think about the Strange Adventures 8 and this, we sort of, uh, you know, we have this sort of dread and impending doom that we know that like, uh, eventually the, the, the actions that Strange took that we're all sort of scared that he took are going to come to, uh, to the attention of everybody and he's going to have to pay the consequences. Um, and in this, we're sort of, you know, we followed the detective and early on he was sort of like, you know, he, he gets, uh, he gets a body, uh, that's Myerson, but the, the, the fingerprints match Kovacs. And he's sort of like dismissive of that, that like that, that can't be right. You know, it's, it's weird, but that, that just can't be right. And each time, you know, it's sort of like, he gets this, he gets this, like, uh, he goes like one step further down the rabbit hole. And as he does, he's sort of like, uh, you know, cause in, I think in the previous issue, like Rorschach came into the diner and sort of sat down and sort of like turned his head and like commented to him or like, Oh, that's weird. But he's, he's, he's immersed in this story. So, you know, he's just been reading the, the journal of Laura and all of that stuff. And in here, uh, you know, it's sort of one up where he's, he's walking and they're sort of like following behind him and almost like mocking him. And he's just sort of like, I can't do anything about these two behind me, following me, mocking me. So like before it was just sort of like, you know, Rorschach is looking at him making like, you know, a comment here or there, but now it's sort of more, uh, more aggressive. So we're, he, we're feeling that, that dread as well. Yeah, what do you think about him lying about the Turley not talking about Redford? Um, what do you think that means? Like him, because like, yeah, Turley definitely brings up his fears about how Rorschach and Laura were sent by Redford to assassinate him um, to the detective. And mm -hmm. then the detective lies about that um, to the political aid at the end. Uh so, so why do you think he's like denying that Turley brought up the paranoia? Do you think? Mm, I, I, I'm not really sure right now. Like, do, do you have yeah. any, uh, do you have any theories? I, I mean, don't. I, yeah. I, I mean, are we, is he, can, is he concerned that like, uh, if he gets out, if, if, you know, the, if he somehow tells this aid and then it just sort of, you know, it makes its way around Washington that, you know, some, you know, if you think about sort of, again, to make like a real world parallel to, to, to our own political sort of climate, but like, uh, if you think about just sort of like the, the, the crazy sort of theories that are on the internet, that sort of like one person says it and then they sort of like spread around and even like we have to deal with like the ridiculousness of like, um, sort of our political leaders and lawmakers sort of having to dismiss these these crazy sort of internet conspiracies. So is he like worried that like, if this sort of catches catches on, it's going to snowball and then there's going to be people saying that that Redford's behind the sort of the attempt. I, I, I'm just taking a wild stab there. Yeah, I also wonder if it's the joke, right? That he lies. That's why Laura and Rorschach are laughing mm. because the political age should know that, yeah, Charlie brought up Redford because 
that's all Turley talked about with the political aid at the beginning, you know? Um, and maybe mm-hmm. the joke is that the, the guy wants to believe that Turley's a sound of sound mind all of a sudden, you know, that he believes that, that Turley's not going to get paranoid about something. I don't know. It's, it's sort of, it's interesting. I think that was maybe the most like interesting thing to call attention to at the end of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It just, again, a lot of questions. And then, then, like you said, it's this eerie ending, very foreboding. Um, yeah. But I think inevitably we're, we're heading towards this guy becoming Rorschach. I think that's something that's very clear at this point. So I was just thinking about something and this is not related to the, to the, um, to the, the question about not speaking to um, Turley's sort of conspiracy paranoia. Um, and this is not quite the same thing, but if you think about the end of uh, the killing joke where there's the ha 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 laughter and we don't know like, or that also isn't there like a, like a crack and we don't know like what that crack is. Is like, was that sort of Batman finally st- snapping i just i just i I like the parallel of like the the laughing um you know it's a another alan moore story ending with with laughter and here's a you know something in the alan moore sort of universe ending with with laughter but i i may be thinking too much into that stuff yeah i don't know yeah one thing i just realized now that this book well we've sort of pointed out how this book's really not trying to imitate watchmen too much uh Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and one of the big things is is that if you look at watchmen and you read about watchmen uh gibbons and moore decided early on that there wouldn't be things in the book like motion lines or and specifically um sound effects and that's something that that's been very uh prevalent in this book Mm-hmm. and also uh and in this issue because like all the gunshots got sound effects the laughter mm-hmm. got sound effects um that's interesting too i think that like uh this book sort of has sort of uh pays homage at times to the visual language of watchmen but at other times breaks very specific like rules that watchmen sort of set up with its visual storytelling mm-hmm. um yeah interesting thought yeah interesting i just thought of that i don't know no i it's 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 good and and we 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 sort of uh uh one of the design elements that we talked about is you know this is this was a rorschach book it's a tom king written book and it would be very uh easy to just sort of fall into i'm I'm writing a Tom, I'm writing a uh, a Watchmen sort of related book. I'm Tom King. It's going to be nine panels. Uh, so we, we broke that, and we're breaking other sort of design and sort of elements. So that that's that's pretty cool to think about. Yeah, it is. Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, you know, we, we have uh, we have issue nine of uh, Strange Adventures to to look forward to, and issue six. Uh, so we'll, we'll come back and and break those down and. Uh, uh, you know, follow along and get some answers, probably get a couple more questions posed to us that we'll have to, to think about. But uh, uh, do you have any final thoughts or any uh, sort of final statements you want to make before we, we, we finish up? No, no, no final thoughts or statements, just two really good books. And yeah, uh, 
we talk a lot about Tom King, but when he stops writing good books, we'll stop talking about Tom King. Very true. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm enjoying both of these, these books. So uh, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and again, you know, sometimes we talk about like uh, some of the best books are, are books that you read and then you sort of are thinking about them two, three days later. So again, these, these fall right into that sort of mix of, you know, you read it, you think about it. And then even when we get back together here, I, I'm still, you know, discussing this and, and figuring out different, different things or, or, you know, posing crazy theories. Uh, and so that that's a lot of fun. It is. Awesome. So uh, for anybody listening, if you could give us a rating or review on the podcasting service you use, we really, you, we'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on social media at Construct Com Pod is our Twitter. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod. And we are on Facebook as Constructing Comics. Also, again, um, for anybody listening, if you want to check out Paranormal Hitman from Behemoth Comics, uh, issue one is out now. Um, I was the editor of that book. Um, and I'm also editing the next couple of issues, two, three, and four, which will feature uh, two-page short stories that I wrote with art by Ertan Sehan. Um, and those, those have been a lot of fun to do. So uh, I'm going to have links to our social media uh, and as well as a link to the, to the previews pages for, for that book. But I'd like to uh, thank everybody for listening. Uh, please be nice to each other, be safe, and go out and make some comics. Thank you.